0: along to Scoreline Extra. It is Shane O'Keefe here bringing you a bit later than it normally is, which is okay, because it gives you some time to digest some of the amazing action that happened over the weekend of sport here at KCLR. It was Robbie Dowling filling in for me on a Sunday, I was in the hot seat on Saturday, and I tell you, it did get a bit hot after Moon coin amazing one-point victory over Corkside Ballygiblin to claim the All-Ireland Club Junior Championship. Willie Coogan spoke to KCLR Live on Monday. We couldn't catch him after the game, but he spoke to KCLR Live on Monday. We'll hear from that first up but also on today's uh, Scoreline Extra we'll have post-match managerial reaction from Kilkenny versus Antrim Niall Carew speaks after Carlos' defeat to Sligo we have Kilkenny Komogi post-match with senior, minor and intermediate games at the weekend Shirley Trimble talks the Aussie Open Davy Jones talks about me on all things fitness we are of course doing a 10 week program to see if he can turn me into a beast he, he probably could if I was better with my diet but less. I, I digress Colin Cronin talks on the Irish NFL show they're heading across to the United States of America and UCC's Myers, Amy Julian winning the Paddy O'Connor Cup last month so it was, it was pretty action packed you can go back and listen to all those games on Big Game Live as well you can go back and listen to this game and it is a doozy Moonkind one point victory over Cogside Bally Giblin Exercise No Demons from 2017. Here's Willie Coogan speaking to Imran Nivren
1: we i in, I suppose, a position where there is huge demand and continues to be huge demand. The increased capacity with the new school, leaver will certainly help to alleviate some of the, um, you know, the waiting lists. But, you know, we will certainly do our best and we're very aware of the pressure on places but we'll certainly do our best to enable as many parents to have their sons educated in the local school.
2: Okay. Local Might we see an improvement then maybe in the, yeah, being able will, to keep we'll, up with we'll, the demand? We'll,
1: we'll, we'll, we'll certainly see an improvement. I have no doubt about that, Eimear. And there is, Great. you know, it's not just CBS secondary school. There are increased allocations across the city. And look, you know, I certainly want to take the opportunity to thank the Department of Education and Skills. Uh, They have worked very positively with us. I want to thank Kilkenny County Council as well, Uh, they have been really, really brilliant in supporting our application and in helping us to deal with any particular uh, issues that we have met along the way. Uh, You know, the the Board of Management of CBS Kilkenny are a a vibrant group of people who uh, have consistently over the years looked forward to this development, have put huge energy into this and have put, uh, I suppose, huge resources to enable us to get to where we are. And, you know, I I started out on on this journey 13 years ago with a small group of very loyal people who have been extremely helpful and who have given me huge support and I do want to take the opportunity to register my appreciation to those people. This has been a very, very... Uh, difficult journey, if I can say. There has been lots of bumps along the way. And we are now starting to see green shoots where we can look ahead with optimism to the future. Where we will have, I hope, the best facilities in the country to enable the student population of Kilkenny to avail of the best possible opportunities so that they can get the very, very best outcomes in a city school.
2: Okay. Tom, thank you. And if it's on people's minds this morning about the single sex schools, um, I know the government is looking at the policy, the admission policies now, looking way into the future. Do you think we will be looking at co-ed schools everywhere, Tom? Is I'm not sure well, I'm if not we'll on, see it I'm in your sure. time in the school or if it's further down the road.
1: Uh, I, I'd be, I suppose, to hazard a guess, I'd say it's further down the road, Emer. Um I, I do think, you know, if you look at the record and the history of single-sex schools in Kilkenny City, I think the standards of education are second to none. And, you know, while I do understand that it's in the media at the minute, um, the, the, I suppose the one point I would make is that, as an all-by school, we are implementing every possible educational um, program to support the learning of students and to support their education in terms of, you know, all aspects of their well-being and respecting the well-being of everybody else as well. So, you know, there are going to be always uh, commentators who will lay blame for different societal ills at different people's doors. I, I, I would definitely Uh, have no problem defending the educational programs that are part of our school as a single-sex school and of actually, you know, um, outlining the the, uh, very noble aims that our teachers do on a daily basis in terms of ensuring that students respect themselves and respect everybody else.
2: Thank you very much, Tom. I'm sure you have Moonkind students in the school today who are skipping into you this morning, I have no over doubt. The moon,
1: over the moon and congratulations to Moonkind. Uh, what what an excellent achievement and Amazing. we wish them all the very, very best.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Congrats to everybody involved in that great news there from CBS Kilkenny getting the green light uh, for their new school long overdue. I know some of you will have concerns about traffic in the city uh, but brilliant to have an education centre, uh, a first class education centre for our children. That's really important. 0833069696. Get your texts in. They're flying in on Golfgate and yes, the... Uh, public opinion definitely different from maybe the judge's opinion in this case we'll take a break back after these
3: The Savoy Hotel Limerick City's only five star hotel where you'll feel a million miles away from anything while you're staying in the heart of everything The Savoy Hotel your perfect urban retreat in the heart of Limerick City enjoy amazing food in our Hamptons bar and grill book online today savoylimerick.com
4: From our soils our sustenance, from our farms, our food, from our farmers, our ingenuity, from our villages, our unique communities, our meats, our grains, our vegetables, our dairy, our eggs, our fruit. There is a little piece of Ireland in everything we produce. An AgriAware and Irish Farmers Association initiative promoting environmental, economic, and social sustainability. Learn more at sustainingireland.ie
5: or Live with thanks to June Doran Properties, 36 Dublin Street, Carlo. Your specialists in residential and commercial valuations, sales and consultancy. 059 910 50 86.
6: Here's the sideline cut. It's an knaps- absolute mazel.
1: Oh, oh, mazel. Oh, What a score! What a score from the Wig Half-McMartin on Joe Canning, TJ Reeve,
7: Dermot Byrne. Mouse Cavill, eat your heart out! This man has nailed it! Marcin
1: O'Neill, what a strike! Here come Barry Giblin! They're sending it back in field, And that's a point for them! Too late! Too late, is it? 22 points to 20 here in Croke Park! 22 to 21. 21
2: now! My God, that was something else. And as I mentioned, a lot of horse people this morning. I wonder how Willie Coogan is feeling after all that. Good morning, Willie. How are you?
7: Good morning, How are you? Well, huge how congratulations.
2: Huge congratulations, Willie. Great celebrations, I'd say, after that win. Oh,
7: great scenes, great celebrations, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not finished yet, I'd say. Let, let's go out again today, I imagine.
2: I'd say uh, there'll be a few not turning up for maybe work this morning or working from yeah. home, as they say.
7: That's it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
2: Well, well, fantastic win. Michael Walsh is on the line with us as well, Willie. And Michael, you had a great day. I mean, Willie and his team gave you such uh, such joy, I think, on Saturday.
4: Yeah, well, first of all, uh, many congratulations to Willie and his his backroom team and, and of course, the, the Munkhain players themselves. Incredible game, uh, incredible game. Uh, really one of the best Hurling games you could wish to see. Two teams just going at it from the start, and two brilliant teams, very well managed and coached, and uh, just playing quality hurling. Uh, you know, we've been at these finals many years now, and they've always given us so much enjoyment. But I think Saturday topped it. Uh, I know the last one is always the one you're going to remember, but it was just an incredible game, and the finish to it was just in keeping with everything. You got Martin's point there, which is the one that's been talked about, and rightly so for such a wonderful effort. But Adam Crook got a point just before that, just above Willie there from the sideline, which was an incredible effort as well. And uh, you know, Manu, just the, the biggest congratulations you can give to anybody. It was just a brilliant, brilliant game.
2: It really it kept everybody on the edge of the seats till the end. And Willie, you've said that your lads they've shown character all year. They have been tested in many different ways. Uh, you didn't doubt them though. <laughs>
7: Uh, no, Look at our. To be fair, our lads have have been tested in in every game. You know, the different teams have come out and tried different things. And you know, I suppose we had water breaks throughout the year until Crow Park. This you know, December round, which is a little bit easier to, to maybe reassess and, and maybe tweak things the smallest, You know, it was very very difficult to get messages onto the field. Um, on, on Sunday, when he wants to either make positional changes or, or to change things around, because the noise was so loud behind us, and obviously we can't, you know, and get a, get a fine for the club by having a pitching in and or whatever. Like so, it was just in that perspective it was a bit more difficult, all right. But no, we 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 generally, I suppose the lads have had the experience of of having different teams come out against us and try different things with us. So that experience really stood to me that they were able to, you know, problem solve it on the field themselves, which we, which really really was a benefit to them. That experience that they got throughout the year.
2: Right. Did you have the edge up front as well? Do you think you had more quality there?
7: Um I think so. Look at we with more scores than play, like they had they a lot more freeze. and um, I, I think definitely the, the the scoring goal was the Canal End goals, you know. Um there was a quite a quite a strong wind blowing in at the back of the hill and in nearly most of our wides, you know, we hit eight wides in the first half and four in the second. Um I think Blady as well, you know, the, the, any their wides they generally hit them in, in the second half as well, one or two in the first. But our wide count was a bit higher than theirs and you know our turnover count was a bit higher in in the first half as well. So we felt that we were hurling quite well. Um with just that we were in a bit sloppy in position a few times and got punished. Um now look at they, 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 they did have the goal chances before half time that they probably didn't take, but we we had a good goal chances as well that we, you know normally we've been scoring them all year and, and they didn't come. But to be fair, when you when you've got six forwards lined out and the six didn't score in an Ireland final, and, and obviously Martin p- produced a, a a game for the ages with, with four points as well. So look, what, we, you have to be happy when all your all your forwards that are, that are starting to, and come off the field with a score to their name.
2: Absolutely, you had some special mentions for people as well, including those maybe who couldn't be on the field with you on the day.
7: Yeah, no, and look at it. It's something that um, I think needs to be looked at from the GA's perspective. I think it's, you know, it's it's probably the best you know the biggest day of, of any club uh, and go, going up to Go Park and it's all about parish and all about the people of the community you know go, going up to, to playing an Ireland final and uh, the regulations stipulates that you know they can only name 30 on the day but I don't see why the extended final members have to put on a different page I I think they should all be named on the same page of the programme and if, if it's the case that the first 30 players named are, are are the you know the match day squad and so be it but I, I think you know all those players were able to be named in every game up to that until the Ireland final on the final like, so uh, it, you know the page size doesn't change, like, or neither does the print size. Like, so, I, I just think it, 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 it's, a, it's a little bit short size. considering that the GA is all about community and, in, and including people. You know, on the biggest of days, you're trying to maybe exclude people from, from something that they've contributed so much to in, all year, you know.
2: Very true. Michael, just back to you Um, before we say goodbye to Willie. Uh, there's going to be some crack now next weekend. Uh, Willie, of course, with his Ballyhale background and Ballyhale face and Ballygunner. Uh, plenty of banter, I'd imagine that rock is going to get painted a few times.
4: Yeah, it's going to be, you know, they're they're pretty close, uh, in proximity, all right, and I think there's actually relations on teams and everything, so look at it, it's going to be, it's going to be a massive occasion, uh, the two best, at the final that everybody wanted from a way back, I think, as, is going to come to fruition next Saturday, and look at if it's, if it's half as good and exciting as the one last Saturday, we're in for a great treat again, and I think it will be, you uh, have so many brilliant players on both teams, and I'm really looking forward to it.
2: Fantastic. Thanks so much for the entertainment, Michael Walsh. And with your uh with your um I don't know what I'd call him now at this stage, the two year oh, the dynamic the duo. No, he's, he's, the yeah, no, the no, two yourself no, no, and no, no, Brendan. No,
5: no. I, I,
4: I'm only in the split stream, I'm only in the wingman well, you're a great, man, man. I think you're a great I think intern. His very best on I think he was at his very best on Saturday in fairness he, you know, he he makes the game so good and he went with the flow on Saturday and he was, he was really really enjoying it and you know he's done a great job as normal all I'm there for is just a little bit of help here and there that's all
2: I think you're modest but the two of you had, had a great time it really came across and Willie again congrats enjoy the week what kind of celebrations will you be getting up to this week? Or is it back uh, to the grind it, straight away?
7: It'll, be, it'll uh, not, not straight away. No, no not straight away. There'll, there'll be still a bit of time to let the hair down. But I uh, know the lads are fairly level-headed enough. Like you know, that they'll they'll all go back to, to work soon enough and, and, and get back on track. But um, look, I I'd say you know with the, with the green and white flying in one kind and he's got it. If things happen in, for for the Shamrocks uh, at the weekend, I'd imagine a few of those boys might make the trip up the road to celebrate with with, with the Shamrocks if, if they can get over the line as well.
0: still have chills still have chills from that game on Saturday a bit more of a tepid affair though on Sunday Kilkenny going up against Antrim we're going to hear from boat managers now starting with Mr. Brian Cody of
6: the league, so from here. wasn't a particularly easy day for Hurling at all no? no it wasn't that's supposed to be fair like you know um, it, it wasn't a simple day for Hurling but you look at them um, at inter county level like you know should we, we normally we to handle whatever elements are there you know Jimmy what was your summary of the game um, we were very very average I'd say overall you know we were never really comfortable in the game they got an early goal and we took a long time to get really into it and, and get back into it but um kept going we improved started the second half definitely we improved a good bit and I suppose for the first half of the second half we were good and after that time we kind of they kind of came back into it again. But look at—we uh, won again, and that's, that's the first and most important thing. Sometimes when you have to take it out like that, I mean, you know, it doesn't always go your way. It can be better than a, an easier one. Actually, look—I mean, certainly it had to be dug out, all right. So you'd like, expect nothing less, you know. I mean, um, any team entering meet, we'd have to take it out because we're a very, very good team. Uh, well, where are you for the next game? I and mean, no you know, you want to be more players there no, not no. It's very hard to say we will, you know. I can't. I, I don't think we will, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a few of few the lads, like, the so King Kenny, i keep keeping an eye on them because it's
8: Fitzgibbon or
6: what's the story? It's Fitzgibbon, really, yeah. I mean, we can't overload lads. There's Fitzgibbon matches. Um, unfortunately, their match a brought forward to Tuesday night, which would have meant um, the window would be very, 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 very short for them then And you're in the risk of injury, so we just had to. Um, um, we just didn't include anyone who's been playing in Fitzgibbon on Tuesday night.
8: Would like to have the back for the Tipperary game?
6: Actually, we'd like to have everybody available, yeah. I'd like have everybody available.
9: This time of year, Brian, of course, performance is everything, but the Whites, we had 19 Whites. I know it's only February, but we had 19 Whites. And you but mentioned about coming back into the game, we did drive five wides in that middle second period, and we kind of brought Andrew back into it. Yeah,
6: i I wonder how many wides they had as well. You they know? had a twelve, I think. We yeah, did. yeah, yeah. Okay, they had a good few as well. Nineteen is a huge amount of wides, obviously. I can, Some of them were, um, you know, there shouldn't be wides really, you know. Yeah, on the day when goals matter. I know you don't like picking out
9: individuals, but Darren Brennan did have to make a save to keep us in the game to make the, the game level. You know,
6: I just that about it, Yeah, yeah I mean they were, they were threatening right up to the very very end for certain. And we've been blessed
9: over the years to have very good goalkeepers and always having lads at their toes. Brennan did it again. You no, know, Laren's
6: a good keeper. I doubt about that, he's there, and he's um, you know, he's he's got good experience over the years, and and uh, it's very very important that he's playing that standard the Younger lads today did well.
9: I know. Again, you don't like picking out the individuals. Field uh, Mikey Butler, you know obviously brilliant experience from the. Uh,
6: no doubt no, about it, child. Yeah. Some of them lads are very, very well for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, right. t- yeah.
1: Darren
9: Gleason, Antrim manager. Sum that up because from
10: where we were sitting, thought you were rather unlucky, maybe. Yeah, look, I suppose it for if you, have to, you have to mind what you say at times, you know. But uh, we got a great start, right? And then we only scored five pints in the, for, you know, the twenty-five minutes that followed, um, which is disappointing. Kilkenny had probably ten or eleven wides. We had six or seven. We missed our place balls, which uh, you can't do at this level. Um, Kilkenny got a, a right good patch after half time. Probably scored one, three or four, without I was answering anything. We replied, but with a goal on its own. Kilkenny get a couple of pints We were. We were fighting to get back to it, um, in the end we are unlucky, maybe Donald flicked the ball, Darren Brennan made a good save, I thought, you know, could have snuck something over, but looked disappointed overall. Yeah, of course you need to get points on the board for yeah.
9: the league, but if you're looking for performance, a bit of character, a bit of spirit,
10: your boys fought till the end. Yeah, they did, they showed a lot of guts, they showed a lot of guts, and um, I suppose they a bit of pride back in the in the Antrim jersey, and they wanted, you know, they, they want to want, want to make their time here count, and that's that's a, that's a big thing for players, just trying to make what they have count on the day of a match. Last year you hurled well, but died in the last twenty minutes. This year
9: you hurled well enough, and yet came back in the last fifteen minutes, and that Brennan Saved made a difference. And yet you had to run him into your panel, I say as time went on, you'd you get maybe five subs a run,
10: so oh, we did. Overall, we? while you didn't get the score on to points, you'd have to be kind of happy, sure. Kinda of, kind of happy. Look, you finished we finished strong, but we had a grand rest there the fifteen minutes after half time. We had yeah. fifteen minutes in the dressing room and we and we were fifteen minutes watch you know, watching yeah. Kilkenny let's run around with us. Look, Walter, I suppose, brought a focal point to Kilkenny. That um, wasn't there. In the, in the first half I suppose and he took a bit of, a bit of watching and uh, the number 12 there is a Tom Tom Field Tom, Tom, Tom yeah, yeah. he was a handful you asked, you asked he had fairness crude. to him you know and uh, I suppose when the ball went in you know, the inside line Mossy and them were, were dangerous at times and I thought our full back line really held up to it and we had a lad put off would you believe two yellow cards for hold yeah. well Jesus if he was the only one in the field holding, hold and I tell you one thing I don't know what I was looking at Yeah. And again, we don't like criticism referees,
9: but we didn't see what happened, but you didn't seem to get the run of the ring, the, run of the, ring, the over-carrying, quick puck outs, so a lot of things that you were working on, didn't seem to, a referee wasn't on the same wavelength as you.
10: No. <laughs> well, it wasn't me, and I was disappointed with, a few, with the over-carrying, though, to be yeah. honest. It's very hard to get away in nowadays when you have a lad locked onto you, yeah, you know, and yeah. lads are locking on, and yeah. they're, they're kind of making a W in around you, and yeah. you, can't, you can't get away from them. You know, you have to allow for that with the steps. You know, you have to, you have to give the lad the extra one or two steps to get away. You, you know, we, we, weren't, we weren't getting that today. Yeah. And look, the hand-passing room and all that, in fairness to him today, he didn't, he didn't come on that one, you know. He, 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 he allowed for the conditions that were there. Coming to Nolan Park with from a performance like that, you'll go home a little bit happier anyway. Look, you would, but sure, when you know, yourself, when you get the opportunity to, mm. to, to take something out of a place like Nolan Park, you'd be disappointed you didn't. But um, look some positives Darren Gleeson yeah, thanks to you we're glad
0: from a Kilkenny victory to a Carlow loss and it was pretty comprehensive but up to eight players missing for Carlos football side as they lost to Sligo here's manager Niall Carew after the game
5: Niall then. What can you say about that? I'm sure you're pretty disappointed the margin of the
11: defeat. Absolutely the margin of the defeat um, is, is very disappointing Gav but look coming down you're missing 8 starters and I suppose 3 other panel members we were always going to be up against it but I'd be very disappointed the way we I suppose stopped in the middle 8 in particular and um, I suppose how easy Sligo Red to pick off their scores. Look, and I understand that Niall Murphy and Pat Hughes and Carabine and these lads can Pick off scores, no matter what position they're playing. Uh, but when you stop and the type of ball that was going into them, um, it, it was I suppose we made it easy for them. Um, but look, in saying that, we're, we're we're I suppose today, believe it or not, it's we'd five new debutants today again, and we had um, ten last week. So there's fifteen of I suppose players that um, never played with Carla before so they were really thrown into the deep end but we've no choice um, there was seven retirements this year and they were all the wrong side of 30 as well so you couldn't keep asking them to and play how feel?
5: Uh-huh. I know how to feel. Uh,
11: you are <laughs> very good. Um, but um, yeah, so look. Uh, well, I, I'm disappointed with the game itself today. The way we just let it fizzle out and didn't put up enough fight. As there was a number of players that did, like Dara O'Brien. Tom was very good. And um,
5: I thought he thought he was probably your most standout uh, forward uh, on the day
11: Oh, Dara! Like he was our captain today, and he played like a captain. And players that play well when you're losing badly are always the players you watch out for. That's what you call leadership. Uh, in fairness to Conor Crowley, things didn't happen for him, but he never stopped. Um, Hulton, in fairness to him, always gets four or five points for us. He got the same again today. Uh, it, it,
5: and, and that point is that a bit of concern that he scored five points and Holton got all five?
11: Yeah, he, but that's that's all. Look, like, you know, when you take Jamie Clark and Dara Foley over team, that's what happens. And Ross Dunphy out, you know. Um, you just send them um, with Josh Moore out. There's four forwards normally start for us. Um, and then you'd Holton and Crowley. So, in fairness, you'd feel sorry for the new lads coming in because if they come in with four or five established players, but they're coming in with only one established player on each line, not even on each line. So it was a big ask for them. Um, and uh, look, I'm disappointed with the performance. The result, um, with that team we would out, they were all new footballers. And look, our journey is completely different now. We're we're, we're only beginning on this journey with Carlo. And, um, you know, it's going to take a good year to see these lads and get them into... Um, I suppose in S&C shape as an inter-county footballer and mentally um, as well on top of that um, so it, it's, uh, whether it, a big defeat is disappointing but you have to be realistic where we're at and uh, when you're missing that many players um, that performance can happen.
5: Is it, is it fair to say that promotion's out of the question at this early stage?
11: I'll Look, you pick up two points against Watford next week. Who knows if every team keeps beating each other. Um, but look, it's a big ask. Are we ready to come to Division 4? Um, maybe not yet with all them young players we have coming through. Uh, but I would like to be more competitive in it. And I think if we're more competitive, then, then we can really talk about promotion. But. Uh, I would feel that come the end of the summer that uh, we'd improve a hell of a lot and we'd be better for it
5: the Results from for mentioned uh, Waterford there they got beaten by London. Does that make your result small but easier considering you were down to 14 men last week?
11: Oh Yeah, I mean, that game was a, a smashing round by London and um, a few decisions that went against us and sending offs and, um, you know, a few little things like that just didn't happen for us and we were 10 points up. And that took the wind over sail. Uh, but overall, um, look, it's all about us trying to improve, um, you know, gradually and um, this is a step back because it's a big defeat um, And but we're just going to have to take two steps forward against Waterford in two weeks time and we'll have the guts of five players back which is massive, it's third third your team and you're talking about probably three um, inspirational players on top of that. You know. So well,
5: you mentioned about the A players, if you, if you took eight players out of Kerry or Dublin, they'd struggle as well. So. well
11: absolutely, you have a look at Dublin now, uh, they've lost six or seven key players and um, they're gone and they're find it hard to replace them, so Carlo's no different at our level um, but I, I think you know we, we learned a hell of a lot from them big defeats but it's how you get back up on the horse again and um, you know we'll get back and we we'll work hard and train and choose night and we'll address some of the issues that went wrong for us um, but it's a tough day for them players it's a tough day but we, we'll get there, we'll definitely get there
5: And Just a word, you're, you, had some, you had some good times some bad times here in Sligo uh, how do you rate the current Sligo team?
11: Yeah, look, it's a different team, in fairness. It's probably not as good as the Sligo team that I had. Um, you know, I players
5: like Charlie... manager too at that
11: time. <laughs> I had good players in, like Charlie Harrison and Ross Donovan in defence um, that are, are finished there. now. I know Keelan was out there, Brendan Egan, you know, then Neil Ewing, in fairness, was good for me. And You look at Mark Rehoney, Adrian Marin up front... Um, like, you know, Sligo have to try and replace them players. So that's why Sligo are in Division 4 as well, because they don't have the calorie player like that coming through. Like, looking at them there, they're still dependent on Nile Murphy and Pat Hughes and Keelan Um And I didn't have that type of player today. And they're very hard to replace. Um, and uh, yeah, Sligo are definitely rebuilding as well. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll be there or thereabouts in for fighting for promotion but um, yeah they're on a rebuild as well
5: uh, and what you've seen in there I know you went to watch them last week against Oxford mm-hmm. yeah. and you saw them there and, uh, you, would you, would you highlight them as Trying
11: to get from, do you think they'll get oh, Yeah, I, I think every, I, I think all the teams. Cavan might be the standout team, but then Leitrim um, put up a great performance against them last week. So they're leading at
5: half time, they were nine points against Wexford. So. Were
11: they? yeah. So, yeah, Cavan for me is a standout team, and I think Tipperary have lost a few key players, they're back to the pack. So, yeah, I think you control throw a, a blanket over it after that. Um, and Sligo have four points now. Um, and, like, we we're going to take points off teams because we'll have everyone back. So that'll suit Sligo. Um, so I'm still doing my best for Sligo. and no
5: one's them. thanks <laughs> mate
0: that was Niall Carew after the game I just want to say it's great to hear Kevin O'Regan as well back on KCLR did a tremendous job and you can go listen to that on Big Game Live now we're going to go talk Kilkenny Kamogi Brian Dowland Mike Wall John Scott senior, minor and intermediate managers
12: oh my Brian Dowling, good day at the office. First game of the, the Rebels, I suppose, against Limerick in the National League. Your overall
13: impressions of the game? Uh, look, I suppose first game is nice to get the get the win and get the three points on the table. So look, there's a lot of positives. There's obviously a lot of stuff we can work on, but it's first game of the year and we my eight points in the end, so that that was good. And we finished very strong. After Limerick got the goal, so oh, look, there's a lot lot to be happy about. There's a lot of kind of you know new guys there and kind of guys who broke in last year, getting a full 60 minutes this year. So you know that a couple of uh, experienced players so it's good to see like Niamh uh, Dealy and Steffi Fitz there stepping it up when uh, the pressure came on in the second half
12: Yeah he had a couple of new girls alright I thought Tiffy Fitz played very very well back in the full back line there as well for a young girl to get her first chance in as a big position at full back I thought she was immensely
13: Yeah Tiffy was excellent um, you know she had really good composure there and um, you know in the, in the second half there you knowing the pressure came out with a lot of ball but and, you know she's, she's only 19 years of age and she's been going really well in training and um, challenge matches the last couple of weeks, so look, we're delighted with Tiffy. And you know, we brought in the likes of Tiffy and Kay O'Keefe and these guys last year to give them a year at that level, you know, because it, do, it doesn't just happen overnight. So the plan was, you know, that get in training last year and get up to the level and, and then hopefully push on this year. And you know, she's definitely taking her chance today anyway.
12: Conditions were very tough out there, Baltic, you might as well be in the Antarctica uh, today. But Limerick went ahead two points to one in that first half, but he blitzed them then won five to no score in a 10 minute period. He must be very happy with that in the first half and had then a, a good lead going in at half time.
13: Yeah, no, I think that that was our best you know the best part of the game. That ten minutes I think we a put real purple patch to some lovely hurling and um you know we needed that because I suppose we started off a little bit sluggish, you know, and again probably first game, you had the wind and things weren't going well. But look we stuck at it and you know we'd lovely move just before half time and the goalie made a good save as well. That could have really put us in a good position. But um no look as I said we have a lot of uh, a lot of positives. We've been training hard the last couple of weeks, so look it's just good to get, get our first game out of the way now and have a winning start, is great. Yeah, it
12: certainly is eight nine point victory. I think it was eight points, 118 to 110. You'll be happy enough with that on the scoreboard. Katie Nolan scored in 1 8 out of that, 180 as well. She had an outstanding game today.
13: Ash, look, Katie is class, you know, she's she's just absolutely brilliant. Uh, she just loves the game, you know, and trying to tell try her to take a night off here or there. She was playing the aspirin and stuff like that, but you know, she just won't do it, you know. She just wants to be heard every night of the week. She's a joy to, to, to work with, you know, she's absolutely brilliant. And I you know she missed a couple of frees there maybe in the first half, but she still got it. I think she nailed them all after that. And, you know, even the goal that, there that, that, that she got um, you know I think if Henry Sheffield or in his heyday or TJ now or any of them lads got that goal people be talking about it. it was such a hard thing to do you know I heard Tommy shouting giving out when the ball was dropped in and I said this will be a goal you know and just see your little flick to the net and that's a hard skill to do and there's only legs cage can do that you know just that composure and that little little flick you know that shows how class she is.
12: We know it's only day one of the National League couple of games to get through as well only the top team qualifying for the league final uh, as you know yourself but good starts to get the three points on the board and ready now for the next day.
13: Oh yeah, look again. It's, it's important. To, <laughs> it's important to get a good start, you know, because um, like I said, Grace Wellester needs to push on. a bit. Um, <laughs> but no, look. In, in fairness, um, look, we played started the league two years ago. And we lost clear, and uh, it kind of you know puts on the pressure straight away. So I said, look, you have to win every game to get to, to a league final. So look, the, the clear game now is basically a league quarter final. So if you win that, you go down to Cork. You win that, it's the league semi final. You win that in the final. So, but that's not. Really the way we're looking at it we're just going down to again try and perform and make sure our attitude is right and no matter who we're playing that we're going to walk off the pitch and say that we give we left everything out into the pitch and you know whatever happens after that happens Well
12: good day today good start to the league and the best of luck in the rest of the league Brian okay, Thanks Martin Mike Wall a case of job done good win against Waterford first game in the Tesco Minor All-Ireland Championship 13 points to uh, 5 victory your overall
14: thoughts on the game? Delighted sport absolutely delighted um, it hasn't been preparation wise up to now I've said it before um, it hasn't um, It hasn't been great um, but look to be honest and that means look true no to the girls and true no fault of own or anything like that just with with school games and with uh, with with um, also and, and Dixburg being involved in the county or sorry in the club championship it hasn't been, we, we, we've we've yet to get all the panel together only last Thursday night and that was only really for, for a bit of a chat but um, it, look, I'm absolutely over the moon, thrilled with that performance because you know we we had a couple down with Covid, we had a couple of injuries through school games during the year with an injury, uh, yesterday the school game and like there was seven or eight of them players played 80 minutes yesterday for Loreto. look I, I said this I said this two years ago at six. Under- level, that's a special bunch
12: it felt like that in the first half you're not scoring for 16 minutes you could see the jet lag that was kind of there from all of the players but as soon as he got going from the 16th minute to the 30th minute he outscored Waterford 7 points they were leading 2 points up onto the 16th minute there you must have been a happy man going in at half time
14: oh ah, yeah look we were happy now we knew that was a big win coming Like you know, we would have liked to have got in for a goal but look, Waterford are very like they do play a defensive game and um, so look we we, we decided look we'd, we'd take our points and the goals would come um, but look to be honest, hit seven points without um, hit seven points without reply. I was happy enough. I did feel that there was probably an extra couple of points in us. But um, look, we knew that uh, the second half—it was the second half. The game was won in the second half. Um, I think we outscored them six points to three. Spot on, yeah. You know, am I right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So look, it's it's great. Um, look, three wins out so three for the three teams this weekend. It's not a bad weekend. It's
12: not, and I suppose we're only three teams in the group. You felt yourself coming into this under pressure. A small little bit that you needed to get a win. First day out, not to be going to Clare and ex- having to get a win then to keep into the competition. Now you're going into the Clare game. You have the three points on the board, so you have a small bit, a uh, small little bit more freedom going into the game. But you're certainly going to go and win it. Oh
14: yeah, look, 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 look I, I seen Clare last year beating Waterford in the Munster Shield. Um, Clare are, are, are a very good team. Um, I haven't heard much about them this year, but uh, anytime you have to go up to Clare, I, I, I have no idea where that game is. Like logistically, it's not as easy as coming to Thomastown for the girls they have to get up that bit earlier we have to put a little bit more thought into it but 110% like our, our focus now we, have, we haven't we been talking about Claire, we haven't been talking about anything else we wanted to get watered out of the way we wanted to get, come out of Thomastown with two points or three points whatever we get for it and, and then we'll turn our attentions to Claire Tuesday night So
12: the plan for the week ahead now because a lot of these girls as you said has had numerous amount of matches training and especially with the, the clubs being involved and the schools being involved I suppose that's the price you have to pay a little bit for kicking any clubs and schools been successful when it comes to it, but a uh, bit of
14: recovery now. Before, uh, next weekend, yeah. Look, and look, we done it last year, and do you know what? It, 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 we we had an agreement kind of done with the school with Loretto this week that they would train one night with Loretto, or once with Loretto and once with us, and you know, we were delighted. But we actually didn't train them towards the night. We um, any of the girls that were playing with Loretto on the Loretto panel, we sent in with Elaine our physio. She came down and we just done foam roll and stretch and basically a recovery. We had him in the Roach Injury Clinic on Friday night as well. Um, there was some of them here again, Elaine he was working on it before. So rest and recovery for that bunch—that's tough on the legs. That's tough. That's very, very tough on the legs. Like oh, my legs are tired, and I'm only walking around in there because it's heavy. It's heavy ground. So look, we're, I'm going to speak to Elaine, see what the see what the, lay, the land is with a few girls. I think I think again their fitness levels is phenomenal, and we have to thank the schools for that and the clubs because um, none of. Them cramped up today. You can see the Waterford players, they and I don't know were they involved with club or school or anything like that, but you could see one or two of them were going down with cramp, and uh, luckily we wasn't, we weren't. So, look, it's just getting them fit and healthy for next week. Uh, again, I, I understand we didn't, we, we only use one sub there today. That'll just that'll just tell you how I'm not going to say comfortable, but how well everybody else played. We didn't need to, um, to, to go to the well, um, but like we do have a very strong panel, and we put a massive emphasis last year on our panel um and again this year we're delighted with what we had like we had to, there was there was two we, we had three enforced changes that we had to make during the week through, due to COVID and injury and you saw how well they played I was just going to say that too you have a lot of last
12: year's panel that was there you have under 16s that came up as well from the team that got to the All-Ireland final against Cork so mm-hmm. I suppose you're trying to mix what's after coming in the new girls and the girls that was there last year but from what we saw here today it's just working for you
14: yeah it is yeah look there was a couple of girls there look Sophie, Sophia Carol, Like we, we left us in the 11th hour we, just, we left us about half an hour before throwing before we we told her that she was going in she was last year's under sixteen captain, so that should have been no problem to her. Um, you look at on your own who is okay. She wasn't under sixteen last year, but she chose not to come in last last year, concentrating club. She she was a new addition to, to our panel, and I tossed I thought they played brilliant. I really really did. Um, the, look again, the girls that maybe weren't, weren't playing um, last year that were maybe just on the panel that didn't get much game time, um, they really 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 showed up today. I thought, I thought from honestly. From root in the goal, which is Root's again, very very young. She was only she was only put in during the week because uh, through no fault to our other two goalkeepers, we ju- we've just had more time with root, and um, the other two have been out with COVID and stuff like that. So, you know, Ro- root really she was steady in the goal today. Her puck outs I thought were very good. They were very controlled. The one dropping ball that came into her there, she dealt with it really really well. So again, we couldn't be happier. Yeah, well, certainly looking forward to the game against Clare next week. Two wins out of two
12: potentially, and then uh, going into the look of the draw, you might come out in a quarterfinal again, like last year, or straight through to the semi final. I know which route you prefer this year.
14: I would, yeah, yeah. Obviously, well, look, it doesn't look to be honest. If we get called in the quarterfinal, there's no point worrying about just if that's what happens. That's what happens. Chances are it will, um, but um, we'll, we'll wait and see the look of the draw. The only thing I will say, um, I don't. Give out often, but I think this certainly, certainly, certainly needs to be something looked at to fix your congestion. Um, like I know I was told yesterday that the Camogie Association has nothing to do with the schools or vice versa. They're all operating under the one banner. Um, it was it's we seriously, seriously we spoke to the parents, we spoke to the girls today. We actually considered not playing the girls that played yesterday today because we we felt that you know their welfare is more important than winning a game. Um, the girls wanted to play. They came through with uns. Gaved, but like they shouldn't be put in that position. Like there, I, I'm just going to say it there: there was no reason that schools game couldn't have been played midweek. And I think just going forward, I just just it, it is certainly the drop off. We've all seen it, Mark. You've been around. Lillian has been around. We've all seen the drop off in Camogie. Is after a minor. And I don't think that the Camogie Association, with their fixture congestion, a lot of those girls at the moment probably. And we're not the only ones. Like Galway, were playing there yesterday. They had to go play Cork. I actually have not know how that went. Went, but a lot of those girls can't be enjoying their camogie because of the congestion. And I really, really do think that camogie is on the up. With you know, with the likes of yourself doing brilliant work on a social media platform and every other county's as well. But if they want to keep the talented players that they have playing camogie at this high level they've got to look after him.
12: Well, well done say That certainly a debate for uh, another day that we probably will get into is, uh, even during the podcast later on during the week. But we look forward to the clear game next week and the very best of luck with it.
14: Sound. Thanks very much, Mort. And uh, thanks for your coverage. Take care.
9: John Scott, Kilkenny Intermediate Manager. Uh, beating Tipperary any day of the week is a, oh, was a good thing, but to be in the first round of the championship or the league says you great start for you.
3: Oh, great start, yeah. And first game back since kind of the All Ireland, the team back together. And I even said it to the girls just uh, in the dressing room just to see the Tipperary jerseys alone would should they them on a little bit. But look, I thought they played fierce well, especially in the
9: second half when we were had to kind of fight it out. I thought their work was excellent. John, and you said it with Tipperary, it's a great start, but. You owned the ball for a long time and didn't get the scores. And again, the wind, and we have to say, there's a girl called Hannah Scott, she popped up for two great goals, and goals at this time year kill teams. Oh, definitely, like, yeah, yeah. And she took the two in fears well, actually. And I think in the first
3: half with the wind, I thought we kind of panicked. They were trying to rush the ball to try and get as many scores as we could. But you know, and look, you know yourself that once you start panicking, things kind of go
9: backwards on you. But look, I thought you know, the fears over the 60 minutes I thought they were excellent now in their work rate. And that's important this time of year, the work rate, because as you said, you had six of the, I think you had six of the All-Earn winning team yeah, so you had two thirds of your team were relatively new to, cha- to Lee hurling. so a good start for a lot of them young girls
3: Great start for some of them and as you were watching it they're not too far away, you know. Every single one of them, just they put in one hundred percent, like you know. So I thought that was brilliant for them as well. Builds
9: a bit of confidence, and uh, they'll only try from there. John, builds your confidence and their confidence. Next day, of course, is going to be a tougher one again. You are playing is, it, is Watford, yeah, who are coming down from senior,
3: yeah, this, yeah, Like it'll be their first team, but look, I think myself that if we can get the matchups race right as well with the few good hurlers that they have, uh, look, I think we'll be there. We'll be in the mix at the end, hopefully,
9: like you know. Well done, John Scott. Great stuff. Thanks, Ron. No bother.
0: Now we've heard a lot about hurling and a lot about football, a lot about camogie. Now we're going to hear about ladies' Gaelic football, of course, separate from camogie and the GAA. But uh, talks recently that were closer never to a full amalgamation. Joining me on Saturday was Leinster LGFA president Trina Murray. <laughs> Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. Now, the news broke last month that for the first time in its history, the Leinster Ladies Football Final will take place on the same day as the Leinster Men's Football Final, with both games being held in Crow Park on Saturday the 28th of May. Joining me now on the line, and I'm delighted to say joining me, is the Leinster Ladies Football Association President, Trina Murray. Trina, thanks very much for taking the call. Uh, No
15: problem at all. You're very welcome.
0: How welcome is the news that the Leinster LGFA is getting to play in Croker on Saturday, the twenty eighth of May?
15: Yes, we're we're absolutely delighted. Um it's great news. Um it's great for our players, great for our associations, um, to get to play alongside um together. Um I suppose really um we we just um, looked looked to see was it a possibility and um, we were just lucky this year that both our fixtures synchronised together. So, so we're really looking forward to the 28th of May.
0: And was it something that both organisations have been somewhat discussing for the last number of years, or as you said, was it just kind of a coincidence that they seem to coincide with each other?
15: Yeah. Um, it, it's something that we, we we have been kind of looking at and that um, just ourselves as individuals, but our fixtures ha- didn't synchronise in the previous years. Um, and, of course, um, the previous year, we didn't have a provincial championship. So uh, what a way to come back. Um, you know, to be playing in Crow Park together with with the men. But I'd like to thank um, Pat Teehan and Michael Reynolds and all at Leinster Council for facilitating um, our games and we know that it it will be um, hugely positive for both associations.
0: Yeah, we spoke to Pat recently. An absolute gentleman. Going forward, then, how like you, you hear a lot of things of amalgamation. You hear about the one club rule, uh, the GPA amalgamating as well. How is it important is it to cooperate and work with Leinster GEA for both intercounty and club games going forward, so we can have more occasions like this?
15: Yes, I, I think it's hugely important at all levels of our association that we do work together. Uh, we all have the same goal and um, the, the same aims, and that and um yes m- most definitely we're we're working very closely with all um and you know i i can see it that we will we will be part of the one family and um i hope that's that's very soon
0: yeah, it, it, it seems to be the, the logical solution. Um, do you think then this kind of occasion on Saturday the 28th of May, and we've seen a lot of stuff about levelling the playing field, we've seen some great advertisements and how uh, ladies Gaelic football is really coming to the fore. How exciting Like of a time is it for ladies football, particularly now in Leinster, with the unrivaled success in recent years following followed by the rise of Mead last year?
15: Um, you know there's huge development going on in the province and I mean um, that's associated to the volunteers on the ground, the coaches um, and you know everyone buying into the coach education is is fantastic and um, you know I suppose in recent times, uh, the, the streaming of our games um, has has brought huge audiences and we've been able to reach uh, a greater audience worldwide even. And, you know, the promotion of our games, um, the great sponsors that we have um, as well have done tremendous work. So it's a combination of all um, that has has brought us to where we are and it's exciting times for, for our ladies and our females. And... Um, you know, and last year getting uh, the same amount of funding as the men was huge as well so it's, a, it, it's great and our players deserve that In
0: 2019 you're talking about great times it was the last uh, All-Ireland final played with maximum capacity uh, yeah. record attendance 56,114 people for a women's sporting event in Europe that year which was only eclipsed by the World Cup final it, it, is the aim for attendances to increase for games that don't have say the glamour of an All-Ireland final such as the Provincial Champions which in your case of course is the Leinster Championship
15: Yes yes um I I would say so and I mean I was there that day and you know it was so heartwarming to see how far we have come because I, I'm a long time in the game and I suppose I've been there when there was very few under um attending the games but it's it's just tremendous and you know the um it's not only just the counties that would um be participating on the day that would be there you know there's a huge um love um ladies football across our country and um, it's great and um, I look forward to the day when we're at full capacity and with the way that we're going that won't be too long
0: yeah, Fingers crossed. Is Was there any maybe worry that, like, because we know that Kilkenny LGFA re, kind of restarted their roots as well, and they, they apparently over the weekend they, they, they had over 150 teenage girls in Kilkenny taking part in uh, county ladies Gaelic football sessions, but was there any worry that the momentum that was building before the pandemic in terms of getting literal bums on seats may have stalled due to that impact?
15: yes it, it it is a worry um and most definitely is a worry but i think you know we've been we in the pandemic we had to follow all the the guidelines and and that and it was great for the co- cooperation from the the counties um that they got in behind all those guidelines in order to for our games to go ahead um and you know as the attendances um increased at our games yeah, people are out people are glad to be back out um, you know and just even um, the last few weeks with the All-Ireland series with um, you know there's huge support of the club But the All-Ireland and, and I take this opportunity to wish both St. Jude's and St. Sylvester's the very best luck in their intermediate and junior club finals this weekend
0: I was on the poll just for yourself Trina uh, what are your hopes and aims while you're in this role?
15: Look, I suppose it's important to have a good team, a team around you, and to continue to develop and uh, the growth and support our counties because we 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 definitely need support um, there for them and just you know an increased female. i suppose proportion across our our committees and that would would be would be great as well and we do have um a provincial female program now so hopefully that um we we'll see more of those young ladies um coming in and supporting us as well but the development is and you know at the moment we're recruiting for two development officers so that just goes to show you the amount that, uh, of, um, I suppose, because we are the largest province, uh, we, we need extra help on the ground. So that's great to see. Um, so continued growth and working together as um, all units as well and in, in our family would be great because we do have um, a number of dual players. And I know it's not always easy to facilitate all players, but... We we work we'll work together at uh, at level we work with the provincial level ourselves and hopefully that we can um, uh, facilitate all our players going forward.
0: Sounds exciting anyway, Trina. Looking forward to the 28th of May and seeing what happens during your tenure with uh, Leinster Ladies Football Association as president. Uh, thanks very much for taking the time to speak with us here at Scoreline.
15: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Shane. Uh, Trina Murray there for the Leinster Ladies Football Association, the president, speaking to us ahead of the news that broke last month, the Leinster Ladies Football Final playing and taking place at the same day as the Leinster Men's Football Final with both games in Crocker on Saturday the 28th of May. Lots more still to come here on Scoreline. Stick around. pleasure talking to Trina there'll be no amalgamation between the GAA and tennis I tell you Aussie Open season Shirley Trimble joins us from Kilkenny Lawn and Tennis Club
16: I think to see at the tender age of 35 Nadal coming who at that stage I think was ranked six or seven coming into coming into this um, championship to see him play so well to grind out that final to coming back from two sets down to finally finish off with three sets six four six four seven five it's just amazing I mean it just shows what an all round athlete they are and when they're playing singles tennis at that level they have to be strong fit athletic I hear yeah, you talking about James you know fitness journey there but singles you're on that court out there on your own in front of millions of people on the tennis the thousands that are watching you and to, to grind out in the great determination strength that Nadal showed was just amazing and I think to answer your question I don't really think we did see it coming because Medvedev would have been uh, at the, the second I mean Medvedev who Nadal beat finally in the final in the five sets he would have been ranked number two, so he would have been favoured coming off the victory of his defeat over Djokovic in the US Open in the last Grand Slam. The Australian Open which took place there at the you know, the third and the fourth week in January of this year's the first Grand Slam of the whole, of the calendar. And it's always known as the Happy Slam. It's always, you know, they always think it's are slightly more relaxed, the more with the Australian vibe being strong. And with after all the debacle of Djokovic, it didn't suit. I don't think it suited the PR side of the Australian <laughs> Open. So they were just dying to get started and get on with the tennis and to see such um, high standard. I certainly thought it was fantastic, chicks of tennis. And the, the 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 Djokovic was was blown aside really. And to come and have a five setter final like that was without in so well. I. Pink was just, it was an amazing, amazing match to see.
8: Yeah, it was amazing conclusion to what really was an amazing two weeks of tennis. I think everyone was kind yeah. sort of gripped by it. Maybe the Australian Open on this side of the Atlantic, or this side of the world, I should say rather, kind of goes by yeah. the wayside at times because it is at the start I, of the year, but it really sets us up for a for a very memorable year. I suppose year d- just for just for people my own age and quite young, 22 years of age, um, the the game that made me fall in love with tennis, or certainly made me watch every single Grand Slam uh, every year, was the 08 final, the Nadal and Federer won that famous one at Wimbledon, um, yeah. where, where Nadal came back and that was declared that to be his greatest victory of all time does this Medvedev victory eclipse that considering the age considering the injuries considering the opponent he was playing against he was probably the favourite um, following Djokovic being um, he, even if Djokovic had it played, he would have been the favourite in a lot of people's eyes Medvedev yeah. um, it, it was the most amazing of, of runs to the final and then the final itself for a 35 year old to come back um, from two sets behind and, and trailing in that third set for any 35 year old it's incredible for one with the, hit, with the injury record of Rafan Nadal, it was just the most uh, most amazing oh, the victories.
16: Really epic because also he's coming on the back you know, on the back of being off for six months injured yeah. with a foot injury, so he hadn't played much tennis coming into this this, this tournament there. And also I remember I was listening to the the commentary pre match with um, Matt Philander in uh, uh, commentating the pre match about it and He was talking about he reckons that if it went into the fourth hour, or if it went past four hours in the men's singles final that Nadal wouldn't have it in the tank to be able to, to grind it out whereas he was proved wrong I think so I have to say I do think it was an epic final it might it might just overtake that zero eight 8 match that you were talking about um, certainly it will go down in the history for lots of reasons but hopefully predominantly for the, the super standard of tennis it was, and you know, to bring him, and also then to bring him to into the record of having won 21 Grand Slams. Yeah, Everybody of course. Thought coming into the Australian Open that it was going to be Djokovic. Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal are all top of their game on 20 Grand Slams each before the Australian Open. You know, the money would have been on Djokovic to come in and to, to win the 21st. So for Nadal to come and, and and knock him off his perch and win 21, which just, uh, just an amazing feat, feat to get as you say at the tender
8: age of thirty-five. yeah it was incredible to watch and I suppose like you mentioned there a lot of the the, the after talk after the tournament wasn't just that of Nadal claiming um, an incredible Grand Sam win it was his 21st Grand Sam win which puts yes. him slightly ahead of Federer and Djokovic yes. in the overall tally and a lot yes. of people maybe not, not within tennis circles but even outside it just kind of casual watchers like myself um, got engrossed with the kind of greatest of all time talk that, that, that materialised yes. after it where do you stand on that Shirley I suppose there's a lot of different components is, is it just um, necessarily Grand Slam victories or is there a lot more to that when we talk about the greatest of all time? because I think a lot of people are kind of accepting that maybe it is one of these three um, absolute greats that we've seen in this era oh yeah.
16: The, the GOATs as they call them, the, the, the <laughs> 21 Grand Slams. Is I mean, when I was growing up, we—I was really only exposed to Wimbledon. I wasn't aware that there was three other Grand Slams in okay. French Open, the U.S. Open, and um, Australian Open. So it's only in the last last number of years that we've seen those. But in the background, there's a whole number of other ATP tour um, competitions that allow them to get their ranking and positions. But in terms of of, of winning 21 Grand Slams, I don't know how you'd compare that to any other sport, really. You know, in terms of, as I say, in singles to go out there and grind it out to just fantastic and there is a sort of a there's a newer younger breed of, of player like Medvedev you know who was ranked number two and Pass who's the Greek who was ranked number four coming into the Australian Open he's only 23 there's also uh, the Italian guy Matteo Berrettini. he's only 25 so it'll be really interesting to see how they do and how they perform in the next few years none of them really seem to have been able to to knock any of the goats off their <laughs> perch at the moment but it'll be You know, Djokovic is 34, Nadal 35 is better at pushing 40, I'd say. You know, he's in his late 30s anyway. So to see, it'll be interesting to watch this younger, the younger breed coming through. And I can't wait to see the French Open and see see what's served up to the French Open and whether Djokovic will play or not. And also to see the European players. There's another guy called Gaël Monfils, who's a French guy. who's yes. In his 30s as well. He's ranked now number 16. He's one to watch. Definitely, he seems to have improved his form. He, it'd be lovely to see a homegrown French player do well in the French Open. He got married to Alina, such Alina, the Ukrainian tennis player, just last year, I think, or maybe the year before, and ever since they've got married, he seems to have focused a lot more on his game, and he certainly did a lot better in the Australian Open that people would have thought that he would have done. I think he got to the last 16. But since he's got married, he seems to have definitely got more focused with with, 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 um, with that, and so it'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, and there's another young Canadian guy, Felix auger alasani He's the only twenty one Canadian. He's actually the quarterfinals. finals he's, he's playing super, but I would love to see Tsitsipas pass too well, Stefan at Sitsi pass the Greek. But Nadal will be on you know, on Clay Court, it'll you know, it's, it's you can never write off Nadal again. So it'll be interesting to see when the French Open takes you know, that's the end of May, beginning of June. Djokovic is the defending champion. Um so I'd understand I think he will be allowed to play I read in the media recently with the vaccine passport rules changed in France. So uh yeah, I look forward to watching the space to see who does turn up to the French Open the next one. An interesting year of tennis ahead for the for the men's side, definitely.
8: Yes, yeah, certainly an interesting year of of tennis ahead yeah. for the men's side. But just yeah. just going across to the women's side of things, because yeah. it was probably a lot more um, routine for Ashley Barty than it was for Rafa Nadal in claiming oh, yeah. the twenty first yeah. Grand Slam. I mean, yeah. Rod, Rod Laver I think described her as unbeatable on route to that <laughs> to that to that victory in the final. Um, I mean, it's hard to disagree with him. Looking at her across yeah. the two weeks, she she was almost robotic in nature in the way that she just dismantled yeah. her opponents. Um, can anyone stop Barty dear, or is she the clear number one or is there anyone coming up that you think could cause her issues um, with the three Grand Slams and on the WTA Tour as well?
16: I think she's out on her own really. She never you know, in the, men's, the men's game five that's the best of, you know, the first person to win three sets, the ladies game in Australian Open is, first, is the best of three sets so it's the first yeah. two sets. Ash Barty went through the whole tournament and never went to a third set which yeah. is just amazing. Nobody took it to her to a third set so at the moment I think she's Fairly unstoppable. Iga Skantek would be the one to look out for. She's uh, ranked number four in the ATP rankings at the moment. The Polish player. She was beaten in the semi-final um, by Diana, uh, Daniela Collins, who, who, who Ash Barty defeated in the final. So she would definitely be the one I would say at the next term, the French Open, to, to look out for. But Ash Barty seems to have it all. Over. You know, she seems to be an all-round really good role model for for young young girls playing, for all sports people playing sport. Yeah, relax. She she talks about wanting to be happy as well. and course, which is so important these days for, for people to be enjoying the sport. She also talks about her team that's around her and having the team are, but that historical win that she has. She's the first Australian. To win the Australian Open uh, since Chris O'Neill back in 1978, so it was an emotional day, really emotional for the for the Australians to have the ladies' finalist winner and also the men's doubles, which was fascinating to watch. Yes, as well, of gone. course. Yeah, Nick Kyrgios and um, uh, Kokaneus, I think it was. Yeah. They, they won the men's final at the doubles, and that was also great for the home crowd to see two, two Australian Australian finals won uh, by their own players.
8: Yeah, and I think you mentioned Nick Kyrgios there and um, yeah. I suppose a lot of the talk throughout the tournament um, surely was about the crowd maybe being a bit boisterous he was kind of egging yeah. them on in a lot of his games yeah. Medvedev after his game actually mentioned yeah. that he'd play in a hardcore tournament in Moscow rather than go to the next two Grand Slams that's how kind of a night he was with the, the crowd mm. and how they were reacting where do you stand on that because a lot of people do believe like Kyrgios that maybe a more boisterous atmosphere inside the stadiums adds to the game and other people oh. maybe more traditional Traditionalists believe that um, the, the, you know they're there to remain kind of quiet and respect the players. No, where where do th- you stand?
16: I think it's great to see people like Kyra. You know, it, it does the, the, the yeah. traditional people. It does uh, upset them, but it brings more people to the sport. It makes it more entertaining. It, it you know it yeah. it, um, it, it, it changes the atmosphere. I think. Uh, no, I, I I I love watching Kyra play. He's a showman. You know, he he bought Medvedev in that, that match it was an amazing four setter match where he had the crowd behind him and Medvedev had to grind it out again. But he showed his steel and his determination. That's why he's ranked number two in the world, Medvedev, to come back and beat Kyrgios. But he plays a lot of basketball as well, I think, uh curious, So he's used yeah. to the the close contact of having the having the crowd involved and he's just been able to he's he's transferring that over onto the tennis court, which I think is probably ruffling a lot of feathers. But in my mind, why not? You know what's wrong with it?
8: Yeah, I I yeah. agree. I agree with you. I think it yeah. has been great, and I think just to show my nature of them, those kind of under the leg shots, the underarm yeah. serve that a lot of people would have seen throughout the two weeks. I, I think it's just incredible, and I think it just adds to the yeah. sport already. We obviously have a watch watching both the men's and women's side of things and the doubles too. But I think curiosity just adds an extra bit of spice to it, which oh, is incredible. Yeah. And I I know I know surely obviously we're talking about um, maybe the elite level and the the Grand Slams over the last two weeks. But there's also a lot happening on the local level. What what can you let our listeners know?
16: Yeah, in the Tennis Club in Kilkenny, we had the the finals of a tournament that had been running for the last few months. The the Ormond Hotel kindly sponsored our Winter League, which was a mixed doubles tournament, which ran from, I think, last November, and finals night was last night. So it was, as I say, a team event, and there was team eight, team or H I think it was, and there was over two hundred and sixty-six players playing in that over the winter months, over four hundred matches played, and team C were victorious under the tutelage and captainship of Emo Lee and John Staunton. So Colin, Ahern, the general manager of the Ormond Hotel, was um on court last night to present the winners with the trophy. So that was great to, to finish that. Unfortunately the weather wasn't very nice last night for the poor finalists, but had to tag out and play their matches. But it was great to see that. It's great to see that it's both been back played and a tournament coming to completion. And the next one to start then, which starts from, I think from tomorrow or even from today, is the Men's and Ladies' Doubles Frostbite bike League. It's always popular. It runs from now to, I think, that towards the end of March, 24th of March, Matthew have to be played. That's kindly sponsored by Ceramica, John and Mary Barry, who kindly sponsor that every year, the Cross bike League. And the finals, that will be on the 2nd of April, So those are some of the, the local things that are happening here a- away from the Grand Slams down under and
8: obviously in France coming in May <laughs> that, that that's great to hear that the club is doing so well and um, yeah. just obviously now that with most restrictions being lifted how, how is the club doing in terms of members are you seeing a lot more people back out on the courts um, oh yeah yeah, yeah
16: it was popular the whole time through COVID because for, for most of the time we were allowed to play which was great obviously we had one very yeah. long, more long term and lockdown but that, uh, certainly the last two months it's, been busy. it's really hard to, it's actually quite difficult to get a course if you want to book it with an online booking system membership is full with over 1,200 members and I understand there's a waiting list to get in it became really popular during COVID um, uh, t- to join so membership does start if, if anybody is listening is interested in joining Kilkenny Tennis Club the membership runs from the beginning of April so it would be sort of the middle of March that you'd want to be looking to inquire and Rena O'Connor is our administrator in the tennis club and her book can be found easily enough is it, it, looking online to the at Tennis Club or if people wanted to drop up to the tennis club on, on the Caskey Road there, they'd find any details that they need to but yeah, it, it, it's busy and there's plenty going on with junior sections as well, there was a teen, ten, teen, teenagers tennis tournament last weekend as well, or maybe the weekend before last and also there's, uh, there's, there's adult and junior coaching going on the whole time all year round as well, underneath the floodlights it's great to have the AstroTurf pitches that we play on and uh, and the floodlights, which enable us to play this fast bike league. To, to, some people would be surprised that we're playing tennis, you know, from January to March. It'll be busy up there every night between this and the end of March. <laughs>
0: Tennis to weightlifting now. Davy Jones talks all things fitness as I embark on a 10-week course. I'm slap bang halfway through and I'm feeling the effects already. In a good way and in a bad way. It's I'm pretty sore.
8: Speaking of Shane O'Keefe, he's doing a 10-week personal fitness programme. A journey, really, that you can keep up to date with on scoreline.eu, doing fantastic articles every weekend. He's our own Shane on uh, how, how he's, developing under the, under the regime of Davy Jones over at Davy Jones Health and Fitness uh, we're delighted to say we have Davy on the line now Davy how are you today? I'm
17: good now Robbie and
8: you? Yeah very good thanks Davy I suppose the first question that a lot of our listeners want to hear Davy is um how, how we've been progressing throughout the weeks because I believe this is week 5 now he's halfway through the 10 week programme Um, have you noticed um obviously with, with a keen expert eye have you noticed any differences with Shane since um he started 5 weeks ago?
17: Yeah, massive difference now, especially just the week that's gone. He just his insurance has gone through the roof now. Shane was always very fit. He came in he was doing a lot of running previous day coming in, but wasn't doing a whole lot of weight training. So we was more doing weight training because that's what that's what he wanted to do. And the first few weeks he was just he found himself burning out and he was very sore and stiff after after doing the weights. But now he's flying it and he's like, let's say the first week or so, about 30 minutes of weight, and he was done. But now he's doing the full hour of wait and he's able to do more after it even. Like he was doing a full hour of legs there the other day and we sent him down to do the prowler after. He did, did what he was asked of and kept going. Big difference now. Huh?
8: Yeah, that's, that's great to hear and I suppose you, one thing that you mentioned there Dave and I think a lot of people could maybe relate to this was Shane was quite fit um, I know he was speaking to me um, plenty of times about how much running he was doing he was doing an incredible amount of running and you could see how fit he had become but maybe uh, that what you could see that there wasn't as much muscle maybe developing on him and there uh, there has been a, a big difference in him over the last five weeks I've been able to see that myself um, h- How have you gone about helping Shane maybe increase his muscle tone and, and just improve his performance um, in the gym as well as running on the road?
17: First of all, we were just going kind to of explain to him uh, the, the proper way to train with weights. Uh, so Shane didn't really know how to go, up and we explained it all to him. Not to be going, he was kind of going a bit heavy before, as in too low in the reps and too high in, in the weights. We kind of down the weight a little bit and increased the, the rep range. And another, thing, another issue with all the running he was doing, he wasn't really doing much kind of prehab work for his knees or anything like that. His hips were really tight, his calves, his ankles were really tight. and. It was basically going to lead to an injury. He already had a little bit of injury in his knee from running, but it was going to lead to a bigger hip, lower back injury if he kept going the way he was going. He was very stiff and tight from from all the running, no no, no mobility work, and basically no strength work. So it was a great thing that he started when he did because we were able to address those issues and kind of help him out from there. Know there's a big change, and now his his knee feels much better. He's not as tight, he's not sore. And a lot of people get that when they just, when they just do running, especially road runners, it's very heavy on the joints.
8: Yeah and I suppose something you mentioned there that was very interesting David was the fact that maybe he was going to um, actually hurt himself by doing all the exercise that he was and I've been in that situation myself and know a lot of other people have where you become quite obsessive about it. you, you start to think you almost feel so guilty um, when you're not running or when you're not working out or what, whatever it may be that you feel you have to do it and even your body is telling you not to you're kind of mentally just say let's get through this and stay going um, how detrimental can that be and how important was it to kind of tell Shane that, that a major factor in anything in time to improve your performance is actually rehab and rest
17: exactly yeah I suppose it, it's that and Shane wasn't you know like a lot of people like myself one time wasn't educated towards how to do things properly and yeah. he went out running and he seemed to getting fitter and he was losing body fat, and all these positive things were happening but over time if you do the same thing too and you don't do anything to kind of support what you're doing things can deteriorate and you know you get injuries and you pick up Joe, you know, bits of injuries here and there, and yeah. just from tightness and doing things too much and too hard, maybe and too soon. And A lot of those things happen in, in January in gyms across the country. Like It's just people going in that maybe might have been fit before, and then they stopped after Christmas or stopped because of COVID and lockdowns, and then they're going in now and they're getting an injury, and unfortunately they have to stop again. So it's not a great scenario to be in.
8: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point that a lot of us, um, maybe the uneducated amongst us, and I include myself in that to say the least, uh, we just don't know how to go about it, where to start or, you know, how, how you can do it, actually go about your fitness journey properly. But obviously you would know very uh, a lot um, how to do that, Davey. Um, how can people get in touch with you if, if they want to? And what, what kind of deals and, and different um, stuff do you offer to people?
17: So basically we do we do personal training, so that's kind of one-to-one training, exactly what Shane is doing. Uh, what Shane is doing then is we're doing a 10-week program with Shane. So that's three days a week of personal training, one-to-one, with, with us, with our, with our personal trainers. And then with that package, you also get free access to the gym. We do assessments, personalized nutrition plans. And yeah, we take you through your 10 weeks. That's, that's one option, that's the one Shane's is doing. The other one then is our five-week program. So we do two days a week, and training and over the space of five weeks so that's that's 10 sessions on and where the other one doing is, is 30 sessions on uh, and we also do group training so That's our gym coach office. We do group training, so people come in at certain times during the day and they train along other people, alongside other people. And um, yeah, basically that's the same kind of idea, but people maybe with a bit more experience might be doing that one. And then obviously we have gym membership, so our gym is open to normal members as well. And uh, you just come in, you can sign up for gym membership and take it from there yourself then as well.
8: Yeah, and, and I suppose one thing you notice there from listening to you, not just this week, but throughout the weeks is that you cater for everyone of all kinds of shapes and sizes, whether you're experienced or just want to get started And that. Um, you know, there's not many gyms across the country that would do something like that. Um, how important is it maybe that you have that connection with your, with your customers, Davey? Because I think that's something that Shane has told me that he, he feels like um, there's kind of a personal touch to it that he hasn't found before um, with other people.
17: Yeah, well that's yeah I suppose it's because it's myself I'm on the floor all the time I'm there most of the time. I I'm, I'm the owner and they're on the floor all the time. Well most humans the owner is sitting off in an office somewhere or in a different country at a beach or something maybe. Yeah. But uh I, I'm there twenty four 7 and uh yeah, there to help people, and our trainers are there to help people too. While most gyms, I say, leisure centres, you get your membership and you get a tag to that yourself in, and the off way you go yourself. While we are actually on the floor all the time, there helping people or asking people, Do you know what you're doing there? Or can I help you with that? And yeah. you won't get that in. It's more of a personal touch. It's more kind of a more basically a training gym more so than a leisure centre. If that makes sense, making sure all our yeah. members and clients know exactly what they're doing. How to do
8: it, when to do it. Yeah, that's great to hear. It's definitely something that I think a lot of gyms don't offer, and it m- makes your one uh, very new, very unique, I should say. Just for yourself, Davy, I know you maybe took a, <laughs> took a little day off yesterday. You're up at the Six Nations game. Um, have you got your anything coming up for yourself personally? Obviously, you're one of Ireland's strongest men. Uh, any competitions or any any odd, anything of that? Ilk uh, coming up.
17: Um, I'm going to UK Strongest Man now in June, first week of June. So that may be first time now at that kind of level. It's very very big level. At all professional guys at that now so open to do well in that and training hard now for that yeah
8: yeah and, and how, how do you go about that training actually um Davey, for a lot of people are supposed to be interested in and maybe won't get won't get involved themselves but um uh, yourself your own journey is is incredible and we've spoken about it on the show before how how do you how do you go about training now for yourself now that you're at a kind of certain weight and a certain uh fitness level
17: uh, yeah, it's, it's it's not much different than anyone else really. It's just that's a lot heavier and a lot more intense. And it's you see, it, it's seven, it's trained seven days a week, um, five at the moment, five weight sessions a week, and three cardio sessions. So one day it's a double day. And yeah, that's it. I do a lot of mobility work. Try to. Do stretching four times a week try to get physio in at least once a week ice bath three or four times a week and hot tub and all that crack. so it's, yeah it's basically like a full time job really like, but uh, it's what I love doing so yeah
8: Yeah that's great That's great to hear and, and just, just before we let you go Davy, how can people get in touch with you or get involved um, with the gym?
17: Uh, this is David Jones Fitness on Instagram or Facebook and uh, or just call in, call into the gym up in Hebron, if you'll stay there uh, you know, it's 10 to 13 or give me a call, my, my number's on all the social medias and if you have any queries or if anyone even wants to just contact me just doesn't even want to come into the gym or need any advice on nutrition or exercises if you're training at home or if you're doing whatever you're not sure what I'm doing just give me a, uh, drop me a message on Instagram or Facebook and I'd, I'd love to help you out
0: Absolute gentlemen One of Ireland's Strongest men Davy Jones You can follow The weekly blog On scoreline.ie You can also follow These guys on Twitter It's the Irish NFL show Colm Cronin Just a regular here Loves exposing The virtues of American football All the stellar work That he's got to do We've seen him Present shows Live from Crow Park On Virgin Media Now they're going To the Super Bowl
18: Delighted to join you Robbie It's uh, been a a fascinating season In the NFL And uh, the big game is uh, just a, a week away
8: yeah incredible stuff like I mentioned the Super Bowl next weekend that everyone across the globe not just even people interested in, in American football really get invested in and love staying up if you're at this side of the Atlantic to watch the Super Bowl or if you're in America like you will be of course next week you get to watch it in in real time how much are you looking forward to the game uh, Colin, and being out there in LA of course as well it was just incredible stuff and incredible news for you
18: yeah, absolutely. To have the opportunity to get out there is going to be brilliant and we have uh, plans for, there's going to be the, the Hall of Fame um, induction taking place during the week and uh, the awards, obviously the, the league MVP and we now know that Jamar Chase is Rookie of the Year, which isn't a huge surprise, but you kind of outlined it, uh, Robbie, in the, the intro in terms of this is a fascinating game neither of these teams were, were the number one seeds or even the, in the top three. Um, the, the Rams have gone about it. They're kind of uh, brought in the, the top talent. So they uh, brought in Matthew Stafford last year because they felt that they needed the, the QB. Then during the year they bring in Odell Beckham Jr., uh, which proves a wise move given that they lost Robert Woods and they bring in Von Miller. And all of those three guys have made enormous contributions during the playoffs and these playoffs Have probably been the best set of games that we've seen, uh, certainly in the last couple of decades and potentially ever. So that's been the the ram's way of going about it. The Bengals, it's really all about Joe Burrow in particular, their young uh, quarterback who went number one overall a couple of years ago, but then they lost him to a serious ACL injury last year. He came back, and usually there's always the talk, I think, in any sport about, you know, I might take a bit of time to come back. Burrow has been brilliant. And the, the Bengals brought in some free agents, in uh, the season Trey Hendrickson in particular has been fantastic but realistically this is a game where you would have to say the Rams are absolutely stacked but they are going up against Perhaps uh, a team of destiny in in the Bengals, and it is a game where you know it doesn't feature a Manning, it doesn't feature Brady, uh, it doesn't feature Aaron Rodgers. So it's two new faces, and I think the the league will uh, be pretty happy that uh, you know the, maybe the the face of the league uh, after this, given Brady's retirement, uh, they'll have somebody new to carry the torch.
8: Yeah, definitely so. I think um there's obviously a lot of new and up and coming quarterbacks and players in a lot of positions that were um, ready to maybe um lift the kind of poster boy uh, shoulder off, off the shoulders of Tom Brady and certainly we could see that happen next weekend. Um j- just lo- just looking at the home advantage again for the second season in a row. Um column, do you think that would come as much of an much of an advantage for the LA Rams or, or do you think maybe it's not as much of an advantage as a lot of people would think?
18: I, I think it, it for, the, for the Rams the Rams have moved to LA relatively recently and they're not LA isn't a big football city it sells obviously it's home to, to Hollywood and, and the, the Rams are something of the Galacticos but the city hasn't yet warmed to, to the Rams for the, the conference championship which is essentially the semi-final they had to limit um, the ticket sales because they didn't want San Francisco 49er fans taking over the the stadium and when it comes to the Super Bowl for regular fans ticket prices are absolutely astronomical so what you tend to have I mean we we would not be going if if we weren't media (laughs) Simple, yeah. simple as that. Without a Euro Millions win, it tends to be um, a lot of competition winners, a lot of corporate um, fans and, and media. So it's not going to be super raucous in in maybe the way uh, an All Ireland final uh, would be. <laughs> so that I, I you're not going to have the the um, I think the home advantage. The other thing is that the, the Rams aren't the the home team as such for this, so they actually have to give up their home dressing room because the Bengals are going to um, one one that so they're technically going to be the, the home team so I don't think it's going to be quite like it was for the, the Tampa Bay books but I'm sure Stan Cronké uh, Arsenal fans uh, might be looking on going <laughs> how are all his American franchises so successful but he would love to win it in SoFi. It looks amazing. It's a $2.5 billion stadium. It's absolutely state-of-the-art, and uh, it should be fascinating to see how the halftime show, obviously, that part of kind of Super Bowl lower at this point, and the NFL have pulled out all the stops in terms of who they're bringing in for that this year. But I don't know in terms of for the Rams. I think it, it's more on their players rather than the, the, uh, the advantage of being at home.
8: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point of view that you have there. I suppose looking at both both teams, Colin, one thing that caught my eye when I was doing uh, some research during the week about the NFL is that the fact that since the Rams moved to LA, like you said, it's maybe not the biggest football country and the Cincinnati Bengals, neither of them have actually uh, won the Super Bowl. How much of a kind of foundation builder could this weekend be for either side if they do go on to win the Super Bowl to really ignite the franchise and, and lead to success for years to come? Is that realistic? or is this just a case of try and win on Sunday and see where that takes you in the future?
18: Well, I suppose you, the thing is, I think Tom Brady and the Patriots kind of skewed what everyone thought was possible as a franchise. Mm-hmm. Generally, um, Robbie, you're you're talking about you you might win two Super Bowls in a row, and you might be be lucky and the team you might keep a team together for for three or four years to be relatively successful in that time. Okay. The Buffalo Bills back in the early '90s, but generally you're 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 not able. The, the league is built for parity. That's everything They're everything the league endeavours to do is to keep it competitive to not allow you to build a dynasty we've seen teams in the past think that maybe they had cracked it Seattle were one who you know there was a lot of talk they had Russell Wilson they had the Legion of Boom so it's it's very tough. But that said, Burrow looks like a very special talent. And the, the Rams, you know, the the way in which they've gone about things with Sean today you know, as a head coach, he has been super successful since he came in. So it it is certainly possible. Um, it, and I suppose for the Bengals in particular, they've been very smart about the way they've drafted. And they've allowed themselves kind of... To, to have cap space to potentially build on this, even if they lose, I imagine they'll they'll be there or thereabouts um, next year. But it's very difficult to project out anything beyond kind of two or three years with the way the NFL is set up.
8: Okay, that's that's a very interesting point of view there, um, Colin. I, th- I think you're probably dead on. I think that's why the draft is there for a lot of people that maybe wouldn't know. It's mm-hmm. to kind of to kind of to increase the levels of parity and not to see too many dynasties uh, rise. And one thing that a couple of times you've mentioned it actually already, Colin is the, the retirement of Tom Brady. Obviously, he's leaving, um, leaving the NFL after the most incredible of careers. Where where do you stand on on the kind of gold conversation? I suppose we were talking to Shirley Trimble about tennis a little earlier on, and where where that sort of um, sport is in terms of the greatest of all time is Tom Brady the undisputed greatest of all time Colm or is that just oversimplistic
18: I suppose it's an interesting one right? because ultimately when it comes to it what what quarterbacks are judged on is Super Bowl rings and I would say that Brady is the, the, the fiercest competitor I've ever seen on a sports field across all sports is he the most talented quarterback no absolutely absolutely not is he the most entertaining quarterback absolutely not but when the game was on the line is there anybody else that you'd want in the, in his place no nobody prepared more and nobody dealt with pressure pressure tends to do funny things to, to people Robbie yeah. Tom Brady was able to no matter whether he was winning by 20 points or he was down by 20 points his approach never changed he cared only about winning it was never about splashy plays or, or being uh, you know showing what he could do if the best he he made the best play and sometimes the best play was a, a, a three or four yard pass and sometimes it was a longer pass whatever it was Brady tended to make the best decision and so you have to say that he elevated all those around him as well his leadership you know is, is something that sometimes kind of flies under the radar a, a little bit just because of of who he was and yeah. the you know the fact that he did have the, the supermodel ones. so I would say that you know there are certainly more entertaining quarterbacks to watch but I don't think anybody could say if you were in the, the fourth quarter of a game and it's on the line Tom Brady's the
8: guy you'd want yeah and I suppose what he did with the Tampa Bay Bucs last year um, probably elevated his status even more just the most um, incredible That's of achi- achievements there along with all, obviously all the rings that he won with the New England Patriots I suppose just before we let you go here Colm um, doing some amazing work with the Irish NFL show it's, it's fantastic to see how much you've grown um, you're heading over to LA which is incredible like you mentioned um, how much are you looking forward to it and what, what can we look forward to throughout the week and at the weekend
18: yeah, so we've been very fortunate and we appreciate all the, the support for, from yourself and from Shane. Um, in fairness, they have been very good to us from from day one. We were really lucky. We got to record yesterday in Krog Park with Jeff Reinball from oh, wow. Sky Sports. Um, and uh, that show will be going out uh, tonight. So we talk about Brady. We talk about uh, the MVP race. We talk about the head coaching changes. And we, of course, look forward to the Super Bowl. We'll have another show on Wednesday night where we'll be talking to some beat writers. We've got Sam Monson, another Irishman, who's flying the flag over for um, PSS. and We've got um, some beat writers. And then we have a big show next Saturday, the day before the game. Uh, we will be live from SoFi uh, Stadium where we have, I can say, we have a current NFL head coach and a Super Bowl winner joining us. We also have uh, some, uh, some famous Irish faces uh, who are fans of the sport, and that will be going out uh, around six uh, six thirty next Saturday, and Wednesday shows at nine pm. So yeah, there, there'll be plenty to to look forward to over the the coming week, and uh, really, what's been amazing over the last kind of season has been seeing fans all all over the country. You know, I grew up in from Oye county court in the, the late 80s watching the NFL there weren't too many others watching it <laughs> and now you see people all over the country and like Twitter has been on fire during the, the playoffs in particular uh, with fans and it's just, it's just brilliant to see and hopefully like in you know as we move beyond COVID and the restrictions we can have more meat in the country that's our plan we've had them in Dublin we've had them in Belfast but we want to have them in Kenny and Cork and Galway so I think that's our aim for next season
8: Oh, that's great to hear, and it's great, to, great to see that uh, all the work that you put into has led to you being able to go to the LA uh, during the week. I think it's, it's fair to say for everyone here, at Casey Law, we're very envious of um, you getting to go over to LA. But hugely, hugely worthy of it, and I uh, hope you really enjoy it. And thanks so much for coming on the show as always, Column.
18: Uh, thanks very much Robbie, My, Just we're, we appreciate all the support to, to, from you and Shane and uh, we are really grateful for it and uh, we recognise how lucky we are to be going to, to the Super Bowl.
0: And finally, UCC Myers, Amy Dooley caught up with Robbie who is a UCC student but Amy does have Carlo connections. Amy is after winning the Paulie O'Connor Cup last month, here's what she had to say.
19: Yeah, oh, it was amazing. Like I've been Paraglan Meyer now, this is my third year and for it to win, like it was just incredible. Like it's always something you dream of when you're like a kid, when you're playing basketball. Like I remember going up to the arena, watching some of the girls I'm playing with, like Anya and Casey, win the one of the eight that they've won and to be there actually winning them with them. It's just amazing. It comes full circle, like
8: yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And I suppose we were, we were keeping a keen eye on it here in KCLR and uh, just having it on the television, so many people back, of course, after the restrictions had been lifted it, to be able to get into the National Basketball Arena was incredible. I suppose the manner of the victory as well, um, Amy, it, it was such a tight game. Does the manner of it make it even more special considering you had yeah. to you have to come back from behind late on it? It was such oh, an entertaining game. Yeah,
19: definitely. Like We had the lead in the first half and then we just couldn't we just couldn't make shots in the second half like sometimes it happens in sport like it's just sometimes you get unlucky that way and we just didn't play well in the second half in the third half then DCU and Ferencetum came out guns blazing again and then they hit the point three pointer at the start of the fourth and like it wasn't looking good for us there at for like a couple of minutes, but then we really did pull pull back and um, it was amazing, like um, the one thing about this team, even though we were downed by that much, like we always were all so positive, like I never felt like we were like negative at all, like it was just always positive, and always like, no, we'll get back, we'll get there, and like Carmelia made that tree to have, to even the game like I think that was a change of the game uh, she's such an amazing player, and she really was the key there for that.
8: Yeah, I suppose I suppose the comeback win makes it does make it a little more special. But you know, it t- it takes a stellar kind of character and nature for a team to to come back and kind of survive that adversity and come out the other side with success. Um, how did you garner the character? Is it something that just kind of is in the team? There's that steal and that never give up attitude, or or was it something that you just kind of came to you on the day and you had full belief that you'd win? I think it's in the team,
19: but it also comes from our coaches like uh, Mark, and that's very good in like um, telling us like the no die attitude but we definitely come to a team we're all very close like we all like get on I think that helps a lot like we're all really good friends and I think having that that you die for each other on the court like really helps and we all want to play to win like we all want each other to see each other win and do well like we're not a very unselfish team like if you even see in our scores in the league games you can see it's like mostly three different players getting the top scores or three different players getting the top rebounds like we're very unselfish that way that obviously we have our two Americans that are brilliant for us and they do score for us but there's always like people being able to score and I think that's what makes us like very good like no dice that we're unselfish.
8: Yeah, I, t- I think that's a fair point. I think for team sports in general, obviously even though being part of a basketball team and, and the Carlow footballers and Bridge footballers that, and mm-hmm. um, there has to be a selfless nature to the team. Your, your head coach Mark Scanlon actually you mentioned him there how important he has been. He said after the game, I hate when we get ten and twelve points leads because I find when we do that we kind of switch off because we think that it's going yeah. to be easy, which we all do. Is that something that you were conscious of as a team too when the lead had slipped and all the momentum swung in DC, you Mercy's favour that maybe the opposite would occur for them. That once day, I got the momentum, would swing back for you, and obviously that is what occurred because he came out on top in the end, deservedly so.
19: Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Like, but they're still they're all like, it's always a tough game, and I know we had the early lead, like in the first five minutes, we had a, we had a good lead, um, and we probably did switch off a bit in the second half, but um, I thought that like DCU still fought, fought to the end, and I think that um. Like they're always in the back of the mind that we will get back. Like even though we were down by that much, I never thought that we were. I never. We were never negative on the bench or anything that we weren't going to get back. Like I know things didn't work for us for a couple, a couple minutes there in the in the third quarter, but thank God we were able to get back and have the win.
8: Yeah, it was a great win, and just for yourself, I suppose we've been speaking a lot about the team there, for for yourself personally, Amy, to come on um, off the bench and make the impact that you did, because the game was going against you when you came on, you you know, you were a major factor in the, in the, in the swinging back the other way, how much satisfaction do you get from that to know that you really impacted the game and helped your team get over the line? Uh, it's, it's great to have that
19: bit of satisfaction, but you just do it for the team too, like I wouldn't be as... I wouldn't be as like, um, good if it wasn't for the players around me. You know, like it's the girls around you that like make you want to push more further and push harder. And like to have the bit of impact was good, but it's all for the team at the end of the day. So it was good,
8: yeah. Yeah, and I suppose you mentioned at the start of the interview, growing up, looking at these, looking at the players, and trying to aspire to get to that level. Um, the win was your first national cup medal. How special is that, just for yourself?
19: Oh, it's unbelievable! Like it's just—it's been my goal since I was um, since I started playing Super League. Like it's everyone's goal when you play play Super League to win a cup final medal. Um, it was just brilliant, and I think just have the for me going up to see them all the matches up in the arena, and even playing with the girls like Casey and Anya that I saw when I was ten or twelve, and they were they were playing. Like it was—it's amazing for me to come back around and actually win one. Like it's—it's it's the top that you can win in basketball and. It's just brilliant, yeah. I'm over the moon over it
8: yeah that, it's great to hear you can hear it in your voice just the, the level of kind of satisfaction that you get when you achieve your goals like that not just personally but collectively also and speaking of goals the team has been absolutely unbelievable this year really um, you were top of the league heading into that game and you're still top of the league if, if uh, I have my facts right um, you're yeah. going you're going really well um, how well have the team come together and gelled as a unit this year because obviously um, you know uh, like you mentioned the selfless nature of sport uh, you do have to come together as a team to, to achieve the level of Success that you have. Do you, do you feel that like there's just a spirit there that maybe um, you haven't seen in the past with any of the teams you've been involved in?
19: Uh, yeah, there is that spirit. But I think in every, I'm very, very lucky as a, like a sports person. and most teams I've been involved in, all of them basically, I've, there's always been that that spirit of like um, people getting on with people and that everyone has been really friendly and uh, having that gel together. Um, but with this team personally, like it's been. It's been amazing. Like um, I came in from Carlo, Like I didn't know any of the girls coming there when a couple of years ago in 2018, and they like welcomed me in so nicely. Like it just clicked like that. And the same with Claire Amelia coming in this year. Like we're the girls are so welcoming to me, and we're all welcoming to her. Like it's it's all about. Like I think it's the people on the team are just they're so friendly and so nice that it's hard not to click with them and hard not to gel with them. Like.
8: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's re- that's really great to hear. I think all sports people can kind of relate to that when you when you have something that special. Um, it's unique and it's in its own right. A lot of people kind of yeah. think that um, you know, it, com- it comes very easy, but a lot of teams are just you know they're broken. I've been involved in plenty <laughs> of them myself, and uh, it's it's just great to see that you have the right people as well as the right players involved with with the team. Um, d- just just for yourself again, I suppose it was such a special occasion. The crowds returning to the National Basketball Arena, um, the game being televised also. What w- was this sort of you know to be involved in a game? Of that magnitude, how how amazing is that for from your own point of view and for the team? Because you really did, um, you know, you kind of rose to the occasion as a team and, and as an individual as well. Because you put in a great performance yourself.
19: Yeah, well, it was like it was obviously nerve wracking, like you're going up to the National bass Arena. But so most, a lot of the girls just hasn't wasn't their first Cup final so they probably were not. They probably weren't as nervous as maybe for me and Claire and that who has been. It's our, it was our first game, like. Um, in the cup final, but they handled it like champs. Like I always say, like they know how to win cup finals. Um, Anya and them, like they are brilliant. And for me personally, like it's just about I don't know. Like I take it every game at a time. Like it's not that I know it was a big massive game, but I just have to treat it like every other game. Or like or it would it wouldn't work for me. That's how I get over it.
8: Yeah, I think that that's an interesting point. A lot of sports people w- would agree with you there. That you just have to kind of take the game as it comes and then se- celebrate the occasion yeah. more so <laughs> than play the occasion. Um, but you, you also, you're an incredible sports person because you also play football with Lachlan and Carlo. Um, how much are you looking forward to the Gaelic football season ahead? Because you've obviously tasted um, success with uh, the basketballers now. I'm sure you'll want more with the football side of things
19: yeah no I can't wait for football now um, I'm heading back into the county now in the next couple of weeks um, I only came back there about a couple of weeks ago so it's, I can't wait for the football Like football was my first love um, so <laughs> I always loved football uh, I always love football and to be part of O'Loughlin and and Carlo that are coming up with so high high performances like this year county like last year we it, we were, we did so well with the county and we were all, we stepped up a bit in performance and I think this year we're going to do it again and same with O'Loughlin like um we always have a high performance there and I and we're all of us are really good friends there and I just love playing it even not for the sport but even just being around all the friends it's brilliant.
8: Yeah, that's great to hear. And I suppose there's a new management set up in Carlo. Like you said, you had a good year last year, but ultimately just fell a bit Uh short with that All-Ireland semi-final defeat to Antrim. Um, How how much kind of um, determination is there amongst the panel to maybe try and go on and even win the All-Ireland, which would be just such an incredible achievement for ladies football in Carlo.
19: Oh, there's such termination because we've been there, like at the tippy toes of it, for the last three, four years, as long as I remember. Anyway, that we got to it with um, Bart and Martin, and I think I was, I think it was 2017. We got to the semi-final, and then we had a couple of years that we didn't, and then last year we did. So we're always there, and I just think that maybe this year we'll have that push and have the management behind us too to help us get over the line. Like, that could be a credible achievement, another goal that a lot of the girls would have and. As a team, we are we're clicking very well too, so I think it would be brilliant.
8: Yeah, that's great to hear and just just coming back to yourself and this is something that I wanted to bring up because I'm a UCC student yeah. myself actually um, I know I know you're studying down down in Cork if I have that correct um, yeah. h- How difficult is it I suppose because uh, unfortunately I'm not at your level when it comes to sport any- or anywhere near it I couldn't imagine how difficult it is to balance all those commitments when you're playing at such a high elite level in basketball and football Do you find that difficult or um, how did the pandemic serve you in, in that sense or is it just something that comes kind of naturally to you?
19: Um, i it's, I do like find it difficult but I think I've just known no better like I've always had like even when I was younger I've always said football, basketball and camogie so I just know how like for me it's all about time management so if I have a football match one day like I do work the other day um, but um, it's hard sometimes with travelling because Cork's a bit far away from Carlo Oh don't I know <laughs> sometimes <I'm>, Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes I wish I, uh, uh, Cork, Cork was only an hour away but anyway uh, it's um, a bit hard with the time travelling with, with um driving but um i just see, i just think management is key is just time management for me anyways that like to know what when you have to do something or when you have to go to gym etc and that and i think the pandemic actually helped me a bit to uh, even though it was horrible to not have any sport, and especially basketball, like basketball only came back a couple of months ago. Like at least we had a bit of football over it, but we had no basketball. Um, it helped me to develop my skills a bit more because I was at home and I was able to, I was able to go outside to bask for an hour and have that time to do. It. And same with the gym stuff, and same with football, I was able to do it.
8: Yeah, I think I think that's that's a great point. That maybe the pandemic served some people well in that respect. Um, Amy, it was absolutely fantastic getting to catch up with you, and congratulations once again on that Paddy Sullivan Cup win. And the very best of luck with everything uh, this year with both fo- on the football and basketball side of things.
0: Told you it was a big weekend of sport here at KCLR. It'll be a big weekend next weekend as well as we prepare for Shamrocks taking on Bally Gunner. We'll have some post-match reaction as well. You can hear that all on Scoreline Extra next week. Until then, stay safe, stay safe. Your sound out.